So I want to tackle this question. Does God want me to be poor? And I want to pull up a passage that is commonly used to talk about this subject. And it's the story of the widow's offering or the story of the widow's might. And this passage is found in Mark 12, specifically verses 41 through 44. I'm just going to read it real quick. And then we're going to break down some of the things that I think we've come to in our Christian subculture in terms of the conclusions that we've drawn about this. So this is the NIV. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. In the King James, it says she put in her might, which is a denomination of currency. It says, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others they gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, I think that there's several beliefs that come from this passage, and I want to like tackle those before we move into what is this actually, what is this passage actually saying? And I've identified that I think there are three primary beliefs that we as Christian entrepreneurs tend to take from this text and how that shows up in our business and how it impacts our ability to receive, our ability to make sales, our ability to deliver our products, our programs, our services. So there's three. The first one is this idea of give until it hurts. And maybe that's not explicitly said in churches, but I think that that idea is communicated quite a lot when you look up teaching around this passage. It's like this whole idea of all she has left is two coins. That's all she has. And she's taking that and there's this great measure of faith that she has that she's going to trust that God is going to multiply it. Um, At least that's the teaching that I've heard from the broader evangelical subculture. And I want to point out that the passage doesn't actually say anything about her. It just says what she did. She put in two small copper coins. That's it. That all, that's all it tells us about her. It doesn't say that she had a great amount of faith. So we can't read that into the text. So that's the first belief. Give until it hurts. If all I have left is two coins, then God wants me to give of that. Okay, that's one belief that shows up. Second belief, true faith requires destitution. If you're really serious about your faith, If you're really serious about your relationship with God, then what that really means is that even if all you have left in your life is a dollar, then God wants you to give that to him. And that is another belief that I think comes from this whole idea of this is what God wants you to do. Here's this story of this woman who's given everything that she has, and yet she's still giving. And it's portrayed as a positive thing, and it's portrayed as something that we should emulate. So that's the second belief. And the third belief is that the more sacrificial it is, the holier it is to God. And there's this whole, again, it's really just different perspectives on the same concept that, like, it should hurt. And it's kind of this glorifying self-sacrifice kind of idea. So what if we just like took those ideas and you can ask yourself as an entrepreneur, have these ideas, these different beliefs, have they shown up in my business? What about when it comes to sales? What about when it comes to receiving money or receiving support, hiring people and receiving support for yourself? There's this idea that the more it hurts as this widow who now has nothing, the more it hurts, the better it is. 
and we take Jesus's words of what he says, and it seems that he's praising her. And so we're like, well, I want to be praised by Jesus. I want him to say something nice about me. So let me give everything that I have. And it's this kind of idea that like, it's better. This is a better situation that she's poor and giving of all that she has versus being rich and giving out of your abundance. But again, Jesus doesn't say that. So let's recontextualize this passage. As you're kind of thinking about how this affects you in business, I would love to hear on how you've seen those kinds of beliefs, this poverty mindset, maybe finding their way into your business. So let's recontextualize the passage. And my, my goal here is not to reinterpret it for you, but just to point out some things that I think that we miss. And this came as I was listening to a sermon recently, and we kind of, we talked through this passage in context, and this was pointed out, and I was like, I've never seen this before. I've never heard an alternative explanation for this passage. So if we zoom up and we're in Mark 12, we go back to verse 38. And this whole passage, by the way, is building context around like Jesus and his relationship with the temple, his relationship with the the nation of Israel and all of the things that are happening that are leading up to the crucifixions. There's a lot of theological context that's happening here. And we tend to take these verses and just like use them for a purpose when you can't do that. There's a whole story and a whole narrative that's happening here. And when we strip out the context, we lose most of the meaning. So even just giving a little bit of context, we zoom up to verse 38. It says, as he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Now notice that phrase, they devour widows' houses, comes right before this story where Jesus is sitting and watching people giving their offerings. And that's when the story of the widow's offering comes into context. So even if we just take that, perhaps a way to recontextualize this passage is instead of looking at this through the lens that we've been given of this is something to be praised. Instead, you strip that out and you just read Jesus's words. It suddenly has a different meaning when you're not reading meaning into it. So I'm going to read his words again. He's So imagine what he's just said. He's saying there's the Pharisees over here, there's the scribes, and they're just putting on a big show. All they care about is looking good. And what they're actually doing is they're devouring widows' houses. They're so greedy that they're willing to take the last thing that a poor woman has who's lost her husband, which is her sense of her, her whole livelihood in the ancient world. So take that in context. And then Jesus says, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave all out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And if we look at that in the context of what he just said about how the scribes and Pharisees are devouring widows' houses, it's plausible that Jesus is saying these words with anger, not admiration. Anger at the established religious figures and authorities who were keeping, who were so willing to take the very last thing that this, that this woman had. That's all she had left. And they said, like, give it to us. The offerings were something that were prescribed as a law in, in the Old Testament. And so there's a lot of ways where this was actually, in some ways, a tax. And the question then that was posed to me, and this is kind of more the interpretation side, and this is something that I've just been thinking about. The question that was posed to me is, okay, so would is God the kind of God 
that requires a widow to give everything that she has, all that she has left? And I think the answer is no. I don't think that God is asking this woman or praising her. I think that he is setting in context, like they're devouring widows' houses, and this is an example of that happening right in front of him. So I just want to stir up some thinking around this to possibly consider some alternative explanations for what this means. That maybe God is not asking you to glorify the poverty here. Maybe the money and the amount of money is not actually the point at all. Maybe the whole point of this is what is your relationship to God in this context? And how are you using this either to help people and show them the love of Christ or to devour their houses? How are you using your wealth or your lack thereof as a way to bless people and further the kingdom of God? That's what I'm taking away from this. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what you think. And, um, and how this can apply to your business would love to hear how this could apply to your business as you're seeking to do more as a Christian entrepreneur, a recovering Christian entrepreneur. And I think that's all we got here. We'll see you later.